apparently, Dom, I don't know if you're aware of it, um, Steve Bruce, he used to be Aston Villa manager. I don't know if he's mentioned it uh, uh, at all. Really? Yeah. Uh, welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Coming up, well, later we're going to hear from Sammy Hutchinson, the first part of an exclusive interview that you've done with him, Dom. Yes, uh, enjoyed that. Good sit down with Sam talking about uh, all sorts of subjects, how the team performing, playoffs, current stuff, uh, and then uh, a few other little bits that I'm sure we'll get into detail either later today or in the near future. Okay, so that's coming up later. I didn't plan to so I'm not going to speak about that. We'll look back at the goalless draw at Stoke. Uh, we're going to look ahead to a huge, huge, huge week for Wednesday. Villa and Forest at home. Uh, and we'll hear from Steve Bruce. Yeah, yeah, well, listen, we've still got a chance. And as he is officially now called, Michael the Beast Hector. Our opinions today goes over to uh, Dom. Are you, going, are you going doom today or are you going... Oh, shut Boom. up. Stop it now. Stop it now. Just because I've taken the mantle off you this week. <laughs> uh, right, let's um, let's talk Stoke on Saturday. Uh, first thing, uh, I hold my hands up here. I have to confess, I wasn't there. Uh, I did, though, have my first, like, um, true uh, I follow experience for true, read, legal. Um, I follow experience at watching in Hamburg. So um, it's quite good I follow, actually. You do get, you, you can keep up with everything. And um, I kind of feel as though, like, I can probably talk about this one more than games that I'm at. <laughs> I remember <laughs> more about it. Um, first things first, then, team selection. So Hooper and Forestieri back in. Now, you predicted Fessy going straight back into the team. I did not predict Gary Hooper was going to start, though. I we did say he was going said, to be on the bench. Yeah, we yes. both thought Hooper on the bench. And even that was almost like, well, he's done well if he's on the bench this this soon after his uh, recovery. So, uh, both wrong. Quite a surprise, that. Oh, huge surprise. I, I expected, uh, with Sam Winnell having done press as well the day before, sometimes that's a good indication of whether a player's going to start. If they're put up for press, you think, yep. yeah, OK, that looks like they're nailed on to be in the starting eleven, And then, uh, of course, uh, Steve... Bruce uh, throws a big spanner in the works on the Saturday and plays uh, not just Gary Hooper, who's not played in 15 months, but then also Fernando Forcieri, who hasn't played in over a month. But yeah. uh, I sort of, on the one hand, I looked at it and thought, it was, yeah, bold um, selection that didn't quite pay off. But I like the fact that he was going for it with Steve Bruce and knowing that they need a wins now. Draws are no good for them. They've had too many of those. Uh, but then on the other hand, I suppose some people look at it and go, it perhaps smacked of desperation, really, that you're throwing mm. two guys in who, uh, fitness-wise, uh, the pro- you know, as he later admitted, a bit short still and playing catch-up. But uh, I, I thought overall, Gary Hooper, there were glimpses of, of the old Gary Hooper and what we've come to expect from him. And uh, I, I thought, actually, the part of the problem that Wednesday had was that of course, they missed Stephen Fletcher for yeah. the physical presence and uh, his hold-up play. And th- I think he would have troubled Ryan Shawcross and Danny Bath in the air more than what Gary Hoop and Fernando Forestieri did. I actually thought at times, particularly in the first half, that Gary Hoop and Forestieri got in each other's way. And, and that is sometimes, I think, the issue of where they both like to drop deep and link play, whereas actually sometimes, especially away from home, when you wanted to take pressure off the defence, if you're not retaining possession well, which, you know, Wednesday didn't, uh, let's be fair, they, they just didn't at Stoke. Stoke shaded the midfield battle. Then you need your front two to hang on to it. And I think at times they both gave it away a bit cheaply and you saw that uh, they weren't quite, you know, uh, up to 100% match fitness. I think that's probably true. I, I particularly thought with uh, with with Hooper that uh, in the first half, particularly, he kind. Of, I mean, this is a guy that's obviously been out injured for pretty much the best part of eighteen months, nearly two years, really. So um, it, it's understandable, but he seemed to be a bit scared of getting like proper stuck in in the first half, kind of like not going in for for, for kind of 50-50 challenges and things like that. Um, and he just kind of looked like um, he just needs to be playing football, doesn't he? He needs a bit of confidence back. He needs minutes. I don't think it was a bad performance from um, Gary Hooper, but I think you're probably right in terms of the fact that Overall, it was relatively ineffective, and there's probably more reasons for it than just the fact that you know Forest area and Hooper have have not kind of started a game of football for a while. Which brings us on to, in fact, before we go on, can I just ask this question because 
Two o'clock on Saturday afternoon, there's kind of like a communal gasp among Wednesday fans as the tweets go out uh, for the team selection. And my phone was going mad, people pinging me like, Hooper's starting. Have you seen the team? Hooper's playing. Um, what is, is, Was it the same in the, uh, in the in the press room or was kind of like, did, had people already got wind of the fact that it was going to happen? Oh, sometimes I will get a, a heads up or an idea more often than not, on what the starting eleven will be, but I mean, yeah, no, with that Gary Hooper one, that came very late in the day, and I, and that was a big surprise. Like I said before, for both him and Forestieri to be playing, I, I thought maybe one would, but not both. Uh, and so, oh yeah, no, he, even the media that yeah, there were at Stoke uh, before the game, uh, we were very much like Wednesday. You know, all the Wednesday fans as well were were excited to see Gary Hooper back, and there was a buzz around it. And and you're thinking, so straight after the international break, Wednesday on a good run, and then you see that team, uh, and of course, when the eleven first came through, Rolando Aaron's was yeah. in that team, uh, and then that was. Obviously, a big loss when he's pulling out in the in the warm up with yeah. uh, this ongoing ankle injury that he has. Well, that that brings us on to um, to that subject. So, um, Aaron's injured in the in the warm up. Uh, George Boyd back in the team. Great. Uh, look, I mean, we uh, all joke. I mean, we really missed um, Rolando Aaron's, didn't we? Because oh, it, it, it looked like uh, whatever work they've been doing on the training ground was quite a, a little bit reliant on someone with that bit of pace, someone with a, a bit of creativity, and and suddenly it was just gone. Um, and we, I'm not saying we looked like a team without a plan, but we looked like a team that had a plan and then suddenly had to change it, and and it was just things like the pieces of the jigsaw didn't quite fit together. Yeah. Which is why it was a really good point that uh, not in the respect of Wednesday needing wins uh, to obviously if they're going to gate crash the top six which is looking uh, you know a bigger ask by the game but um, by the you know because of the fact that Stephen Fletcher in really good form not misses out and then Rolanda Aaron's pulling out in the warm-up and uh, they did not have that pace to then be able to run in behind Stokes' defence. And Adam Reach was off the pace. He's struggling with a knee injury. Right. That's one to, I think, keep an eye on. He had heavy strapping on last week and he didn't look right. And Steve Bruce admitted that uh, after the game. And I thought Sam Hutchinson I probably had one of his worst games, I thought, in a few weeks. Um, and George Boyd, defensively, I, I thought George Boyd actually, it, to his credit, I know you're not his uh, number one fan, but I, I thought George Boyd actually did put a shift in and Tom Ince was certainly kept very quiet in that opening 45 minutes with the way that George Boyd doubled back with Liam Palmer. So I think you've got to give credit for the discipline that George Boyd showed in performing that role, but he unfortunately didn't offer too much at the other end apart from the controversial uh, disallowed goal. Well, um, well, let's come to that in a sec. Um, first of all, I've... I mean, I probably should have um, mentioned this to you beforehand as, a, as probably a question for Steve Bruce, because it's only Steve Bruce that can answer this, really. What has Marco Matthias done wrong? Because Boyd, I, I I can almost kind of get the idea that maybe Boyd is better defensively, but Marco Matthias does work hard defensively as well. I don't, I don't understand, and this is not me just having a go at Boyd, I just do not understand how Boyd gives us something over Marco Matthias because Matthias has that little bit of flair. He's still got something to prove. Boyd's at that point of his career where he's kind of been there and, and done it. He's not out to achieve anything anymore, George Boyd. Uh, Matthias, for a start, you know, he, he's he's kind of chasing contracts and stuff, isn't he? So, um, you know, it, it, I, I just, I don't understand it. I don't get what he's done wrong. And the daft thing is, you know, he, he, the best performance of the season for Marco Matthias was right in front of Steve Bruce at Aston Villa earlier in the season. He scored in that game, he was on fire, and he worked hard defensively. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I think a lot of Wednesday fans will be in the same camp as you. I, I'm surprised Marco Matthias is a goal for that Blackburn strike that I think was his fifth of the season. And he has a bit of pace and he has played out wide a lot this season. So uh, I am a little bit baffled. And look, let's be fair. You can't criticise Steve Bruce too much because of the fact that it's 11 unbeaten and what Wednesday've done. But I am with you in that I am surprised that Marco Mateus has not been given more game time. And you would have to say that unless things dramatically change in the last seven matches, he's not getting a new contract. Right, okay, that's interesting. Um, I don't know, that's nothing concrete or official, but it, you, it you're does. just going off what yeah. 
uh, the fact that he's not playing m- many games, and so the evidence doesn't yeah, look usually. For him. No, you would say that the writing is on the wall. Yeah. So, uh, I, you know, I, I think Marco Mateus. This is actually the most he's ever played in a season for Sheffield Wednesday, yeah. uh, and you know he played a lot under Jos Lukai and uh, more I think than what George, well obviously more than what George Boyd did, and so it's almost like roles have reversed between George Boyd who couldn't get a look in in the first half of the season and now Mark yeah. Mateus in the second half I, I, I just feel a bit for for Mateus and I'm not I'm certainly not his biggest fan I, 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 you know he's a very frustrating footballer um, I've, I've seen him get sent off a couple of times and said in the, the heat at the moment this guy should never play for us again because he's just a liability um, but you know, he does. If if I felt that he didn't put in a shift defensively, I'd understand it. But he's quite willing to get back and work, and that's the bit that just confuses me about the the whole thing. And as I say, I just I don't really understand how Boyd is a better option. Having said that, as we touched on, George Boyd did contribute something fairly major on on Saturday, and that was a goal, which was eventually given offside. Um, I think. Kind of, you know, watching those kind of replays back, uh, uh, kind of in the immediacy after the goal, you'd think yeah, probably a good, 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 good call by the linesman. I think when you really look at it, I, I don't, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure it was the right call. It is tough to tell. It's really, it, tight. even looking from the stills that then circulated on social media afterwards, I, I would say that marginally he is offside, but it is really a tight, tough call and and live. You can understand why Steve Bruce and his staff are thinking that should have been given. And I think Steve Bruce was making the point afterwards that sure, in that scenario, the benefit has to be given to the attacking team. And uh, it was a good run from George Boyd, great finish. And also, typical uh, sort of slide through pass from Gary Hooper to... Uh, you know, it was lovely build-up play, yeah, it um, and it was just a shame that it didn't stand. But I personally thought at the time, okay, maybe it was borderline. But then, look at watching it back, I, I think it was just about right. Okay, um, we will interestingly, we will hear Steve Bruce talk a little bit about VAR um, a bit later on. Uh, one other major incident then, uh, and that was in the second half. Uh, and I mean, this was as good as a goal. The Kieran Westwood save, a pretty point blank uh, save. Uh, great move from 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 Stoke, who, to be fair, were probably uh, probably contributed more than we expected from 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 them, uh, and were a bit of a danger. Uh, and that was just it was top notch stuff for that from from Westwood. Yeah, it gets better with the replays as yeah, well. The amount of times you watch it, he's it's, got no right to save that. No, he hasn't. And the the most impressive thing I think about it was that it's the way that he's quickly rushed off his line to narrow the angle. And by the time Bojan's actually received the ball, and he's thinking, I'm in a one on one situation here. Right, I just have to pick my corner. Like Kevin Westwood's on top of him virtually, and then he's got a big pour out and he's pushed it out wide. But uh, yeah, that was one of the few times that yeah Stoke uh you know really looked like yeah they were good you know they opened up and unlocked you know Wednesday defensively in the game and yeah certainly Stoke created the better chances uh in the second half and West was pulled off another couple of saves I gave him man of the match uh in the paper and I think few people would disagree with that I think that's uh, that's fair call. Um, yeah, I thought that Stoke were a little bit neater than um, than I probably expected, and they created some decent chances. I kind of feared the worst actually in the first probably twenty minutes, um, just because they seemed to have a game plan which was to really try and batter us down the left hand side. They must have got heed of the fact that we've got kind of a an experienced right back playing at left back. Uh, and you know pre-match plans being disrupted and maybe that that was kind of where they were going to cause us some damage and there were a couple of points where it looked like that might work um, ultimately I mean you can't argue with a clean sheet at Stoke can you? Oh definitely it's, not It's great that you know, Premier League ex-Premier League team that came down they were hot favourites to bounce straight back up they've had a bit of a rubbish time but you look at that team sheet and you think there, there is goals in, yeah. in, in that so um, yeah I think I, I don't think we can argue with uh, with that couple of other things that I wanted to mention. Um, I felt we had a real height issue, right? When, when we got any kind of set piece, when we got a corner or something, it was, it was kind of difficult to get excited about it because that was a relatively short Sheffield Wednesday team on, on Saturday. Um, and that's a bit of a problem because... 
you know, when when Bannon's getting those free kicks in those positions where he can, you know, ping the ball into the box. You know, just a couple of weeks ago we saw Ati Niu bang one in the back of the net. That was never going to happen, I don't think, on Saturday. There's just not that much height there. It's true. It's funny though when you look back to, of course, 2016. Uh, that that team was small too, but they got within one match of the final and Carlos. Uh, found a way to make it work despite the fact that they, they weren't the most physical. And I know it's a, that's it's not the first time that you've raised that and, and mentioned it on the on the podcast. And I do think it is very valid. And I have a sneaky feeling that it's something that Steve Bruce will probably look to address in the summer. Dominic Guy Author uh, was a signing, I think, with a view to that yeah. it's athleticism and the size of him and the fact that you know he is a presence you know at the back and then also in the opponent's box and so i think there'd be similar signings to dominic iorfa in the future Good call. Um, so as we say, I think, you know, would have taken nil-nil before the game. It's a good uh, good point away at Stoke. Um, on the other hand, I mean, we're talking, you know, three, four points now off sixth. Mm. Kind of feels like it's just slipping away slightly. You said um, big week, it, it, the next two games, monumental. These home matches uh, coming up, I think it's as simple as this. Wednesday have to win them both now. Um, yep. That result in midweek was damaging. Bristol City beating Middlesbrough which now means that the gap is four points, effectively five because of the goal difference. It's just a tall, tall order. And as as great as the run has been, that Wednesday has been on, and you know, one defeat in 17, and the optimism and the buzz that is back around the place, they, I think, and I do fear that they might have left it too late. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong, uh, and it would be great if they could get six to seven points in the next three matches just to keep it alive as long as possible. But we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I think it's absolutely true that at this stage of the season we just need wins and a point at Stoke is is a good point. It's just not what it's not what we needed. But you know, um, we 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 go on. We'll talk about the uh, the week ahead in a bit. Let's get the thoughts now of um, of, of Steve Bruce, who will give us a bit of a rundown of uh, which players are available and um, you know overall actually some decent news in here. So uh, let's hear from Steve. Steve, how's it looking with uh, Lucas Schwab? He's okay. He's okay. How pleased are you now with the striking results that you've got? <laughs> well, there's, we've got to, we've got to obviously do a balancing act to see really who is the who is the fittest really. I think that is the major one, is who's okay and who's who's not. Um, but Lucas has come in, and he is something different. But then again, so is Bigatti and Fletcher and Forestieri and Hooper. You know we've got we've got lots of them, but they're all coming back, which this gives you a few more options. You're going to need them all, aren't you? Well, with the with the um, with the way it's gone in terms of injuries, yeah, don't you right? Eh? Probably need them all. Um, I think after Dean Smith took the job, did you speak to him a fair bit? No, I've only spoke to Dean once. I only spoke to Dean once, and that was concerning them. Uh, was concerning the uh, when we brought in the two lads. On the recruitment side. But from what have you made of the job he's done? Then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, he's a good guy. He's a good guy, and and um, I've got nothing against Dean Smith. That's for sure. You know, he's a he's a good guy, and uh, and I wish him well. I don't really know him, but you know, I wish him the best of luck. Yeah, it was announced earlier this week that the VAR's not going to be used in the Championship playoff final. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Let's worry about that if we get to the playoff final. If if VAR had been involved in the last playoff final, Aston Villa would have been in the Premier League because the boy would have been sent off after 20 minutes for stamping on Grealish. So maybe I've got a grievance then, but um, yeah, that's disappointing, I have to say. In fact, borders on ridiculous if they've got it because, as we've seen so many games, um, it's going to be a big addition because too many games, big games anyway, you know, Big games are missed. Big decisions, you know. The goal the other day for Cardiff—it's ridiculous, isn't it? You know. But uh, when somebody's fighting for their life, and you know, you feel for Neil Warnock afterwards. You look at him thinking, "Oh my God, it's 70. I hope I can still go on like him. It was fantastic." But for me, we're all for it because it, ultimately it gives you the decision which is right. And at the end of the day, you're going to get some what go for you and some that hasn't. But. For me, VAR in a big final like that, for what's at stake. 
it, it should be a stick on to, to use it. Have you always been a big fan of it? Well, we have to get it right. It's like everything, it's going to have teething problems, but we have to get it right and we have to be quicker. But on big decisions, you know, on big decisions, then, um, then they're going to get the vast majority of them right. So I think that can only be, there's still going to be one or two where it's even on VAR, but big offside decisions like we've seen the other day, the Grealish incident when the boy stamped on him, they're going to see that and, uh, and that changes games. Uh, so, Steve, a definitive week? Would you say? Uh, without question, yeah. The, the, yeah, for a lot, I suppose. For a lot, I would think. But, you know, three games in a week, you know, in two weeks' time, it's practically all over. So, you know, the big defining week and uh, all to play for. Fantastic. Would you say that the two home games, starting against Aston Villa, are must-win games? Yes. Well, I think all of them really now. If we're going to be realistic with... With the teams, we've probably got to we've got to win them all. <laughs> so, but there's one or two twists and turns, I'm sure. All we can try and do is do what we've done in the last few weeks, which is keep the momentum going and and keep ourselves in there. But now, unfortunately, we're running out of games. You know, and sods low. Where I've got everybody fit, um, near enough everybody anyway, uh, that the season is coming to a close. Another couple of games, it might have been on, really on Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, well, listen, we've still got a chance, but I've said all along, it's only, you know, a small one, but we must, we must try, we must uh, keep on going, and you never know. Is this where pressure starts to involved <coughs> for Wednesday, for Preston, for Villa, for Forest? It, well, they're all in it, the ten, the 10 teams now who are, 10, 11 teams who are competing for it, um, practically for, for two, really. You know, for for two spaces is, you know, is there for everybody. Now, now you're in the tickly bit, and uh, and we'll see all sorts of results. And you know, the championship will always throw a few, and um, that's the way it is. That's the nature of it. That's Aston the fascination Villa. of it. It is fascinating. Aston Villa then next. Is this going to be awkward for you? Would you say? Look, by the end of next week, I'll have done 900 games. I think it's part of the 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 journey which I've been on. As far as I'm concerned, it's gone. Um, and uh, yes, um, of course, it's going to be now that that's why it's the Birmingham Mail are here. You know, there's a bit of, of course. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, I've been in it a long, long time. But make no mistake, we'll, we want to try and win the game. The um, departures come with the territory in your line of work, but did that one hurt and the manner of that one hurt with Aston Villa? Well, look, I think Chris Powell lost his job last week. I think that was the 40th manager sacked out of 92, and I was one of them. Whether it hurts or whether it doesn't hurt or whether it was unjust, you know, I think all of us will say one thing, that probably you always cry for time. And today, the big thing that disappointed me above anything was all of a sudden this style, style of play came linked into it. Whereas in 2018, we were the second top goal scorers to only Man City in Villa. So that was the one thing that disappointed me. And of course, we're all judged on results. But when you look at it overall, you know, we won with fair share. So you, you, you think you'd get a bit of time. wasn't to be. So you move on, dust yourself down, get on with it, accept it. And... Um, and try to move forward. Do you think that there's a from the from the obviously I'm from a, this side of the tracks as well. Do you think there was a an appreciation or a lack of appreciation of your pardon for the for the job that needed to be done? Well, in 2018, I think only um, Millwall and Burton um, spent less than Aston Villa, and we still got to a playoff final. We were one game away from it. So whatever I want to throw at you, I can I can back it up, but. It doesn't matter, really. You know, it, it is what it is. And uh, as I said, we've all moved on. And um, and it's always going to be a question. But, you know, as I said, um, by the end of next week, they've done 900 games. And Aston Villa was a, was, a, was a chapter in it. Simple as that. You signed most of those players. Does that help you in your preparation for tomorrow? <laughs> well, they've got some good players. They've got some good players. And I always said they'd be there or thereabouts. And um, 
you know, when you're, when you're in constant change, um, then, you know, it, it takes time, as I said. So, yes, I know most of the players. I know most of the players, of course I do, and brought a lot of them to the club. And um, so we know the ins and outs of them, but make no mistake, it'll be a tough game for us because they have got some good players, there's no question about that. And um, But so have we. So it should be a, a big game, big full house, big crowd. It's what we play football for. And a little bit of spice because of who I managed before. Because of that, yeah. And, and perhaps you might say from a footballing point of view how you could have done with a fully fit Jack Grealish. Well, we had to cope with that too. You know, the yeah, we got promoted. We lost, we lost, uh, we nearly got promoted. We lost Jack with a horrible injury in, in, in mid-season. Look, I'm delighted for Jack. He's a very, very good player, the kid. And for me, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have a wonderful career. And I think he's grasped over the last 18 months. He's grasped um, and he's matured. And he's easily the best player in the division. So... We'll have to we'll have to be wary of him, and uh, let's hope he gets. Uh, no, I can't say that. But he is a very good player. <laughs> well, back to the roll call, I suppose. Stephen Fletcher, how's he? Um, I expect him to be fit. Good news. I expect them all to be fit. The only one that is a slight doubt is Aaron's, um, but everybody else is fit, which which can only be a good thing for us. They're all edging towards even Kieran Lee has trained all week, which is a delight for him as well, you know. I mean it's too early for him to play in any competitive game yet, but he's trained all week, which is which was good to see for all of the squad. They could see him good to see him back. Okay, we're going to preview the upcoming games in just a bit, as we keep saying it really is a, a huge, huge week. Um, first of all, Dom, I want to talk a bit about Fernando Forestier. We talked about his performance um, on Saturday against um, Stoke and being back in the team. Uh, but it's been an unusual couple of weeks for him. We had the, the, the court case, which has been pretty wide, wide covered widespread. We probably don't need to say too much about that. Um, but you'd kind of think that, you know, it, it was it was concluded that court case has finished, um, and you know Fernando Forestieri is very much kind of a free man. Uh, but it's kind of not the end of the whole episode because of the way that the EFL work. There's um, still a chance of him um, getting in, in in a bit of trouble in terms of the football side of things because of um, the incident down at, at, at Mansfield, um, and even to the point of like there's talk of what five match ban minimum. Uh, it could, Minimum yeah, five match it, it, Yeah, it, it, so it could be worse. Um, but I mean, essentially, what happened was that uh, so that after the Mansfield pre-season friendly, the Football Association they opened their investigation into that. But uh, as soon as uh, criminal proceedings began, the FA's uh, investigation effectively got put on hold. Right. Um, so what went on between? Uh, or allegedly went on between Fernando Forestieri and uh, Mansfield defender Christian Pierce, uh, so they uh, stopped their investigation. Saying that they they still, of course, uh, gave Fernando Forestieri earlier on in the season uh, a free match ban, but that was for his part in the in actually the brawl yep. that went on. So it, that's a separate uh, offence or. You know, to to what is now currently being investigated, and how long it could take, uh, it's 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 like how long's a piece of string. Uh, yeah. You know, the FA will will be very thorough about it, and uh, they will already uh, have um, some e- yeah, I say evidence. They will already have done a certain amount of interviews and looked into uh, the whole case, uh, and so yeah, uh, the the minimum. Uh, if he is found guilty by the FA, would be five matches. But again, it depends on the the nature and the seriousness of the allegation. It can even be more. Uh, and so this is obviously a very serious thing uh, that uh, is looming over Fernando Forestieri and, yep. and Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, just all in all, uh, you know, that sorry episode, uh, you could be looking at in total... Uh, from this season, and that's if if a decision or verdict is made before the end of the season. If not, if he were to get a five-match ban and the FA were to find him guilty, that would go into next season. Right. So you could st- you're looking at that could be minimum eight matches in total. He's missed from two yeah. separate bans, 
or possibly more, but we, we, we're not going to know until uh, I mean, they finish conducting their investigation. Um, right. You know, th- there is no, and, and and I think I speak on behalf of all Wednesday fans. I say there is absolutely no um, place in football for for racism at all, and that's not passing any judgment on anyone. That's a that's a general comment, um, and. You know, if if there is an investigation which finds that Fernando Forestieri has done wrong, then he should be punished. Having said that, um, you know this was this was dealt with by a criminal court of law. How is the FA above a court of law? Criminal proceedings find that he is not guilty of what he's accused of, and that's not enough for the FA. I don't. I, that just doesn't sit very well with me. I guess that there's like different levels of, you know, thresholds of evidence and and all that kind of um, stuff. But surely, for anyone like you know, the the law is 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 the be all and end all. If the law says that you are not guilty of something, then you are not guilty of it, and that's just that. Um, I don't. It doesn't. I, I don't think that this will do much for the relationship between fans and authorities. If something and it, it's happened in the past, we've seen it, and that's why it's kind of come to light this week that this case is definitely not over because we've seen it happen before. Someone is 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 um, is found not guilty of something in in the legal proceedings, but still the FA come along and go, well, that's not good enough for us. No, I, I take your point. I hear what, you, what you're saying, and I think the other thing that frustrates me is the fact that. Uh, it's now April, and mm. that happened in July, and it's it's the length of time that it's taken to get to this point. So the the criminal proceedings end of March finally dealt with. You know? Yeah, and I, I look, I do appreciate that it does take time to get uh, to go through all the interviews and get uh, you know all the evidence from both sides of the argument and everything to to pull that all together i i understand that you know it, it's got to be done thoroughly professionally and everything i get that but i still f- think that and look at it to myself you know why can't it be done a bit quicker than that yeah. uh I, I don't know i just think that it, it w- i'd like it to be something that you know w- could be reviewed but uh yeah I just, who knows it doesn't seem fair on a team actually because it, it's been you know for a player like forestier it's been hanging over him for pretty much the entire season now um in in one form or uh, another um maybe we should just not play pre-season friendlies that's probably that's maybe that's the maybe that's the answer uh right okay now let's um let's get the first part then of your exclusive interview with um, Sam Hutchinson, um, I've got. He comes across as a really like a fairly brutally honest guy, Sam Hutchinson, and I think we've all heard him talk in interviews before. Um, this is a brilliant ten minutes that you're about to hear. So um, here we go. Then this is Dom with Sam Hutchinson. I just wanted to kick off just in general with uh, teams since I last spoke to you. Um, did you envisage that with seven games to go that you still would have something to play for? Yes. Why? What gives you that confidence or belief um, that you would? One, because of the manager and his staff coming in and mm. what we did under Bully. Um, and uh, this this team hasn't really changed that much since when we got to the player final and I know once we get playing we're a stubborn team to beat even when we're not playing well yeah, yeah. it's difficult to beat it's difficult to score against us um, let alone beat us and I just think a lot of us know the championship um, we've added a few um, good experienced players but young and hungry and I think there's a nice balance between it we're getting people fit at the right time mm. and um, we have that quality and I always knew we did we struggled at the beginning of the season and We've we've put a run together, and what is the move by it now? After eleven matches unbeaten under the manager, twelve in total, think it's one defeat in seventeen. I think I still think there's there's loads to improve on. Mm. Like on a personal level, I don't think I'm nowhere near the level I can get to. Um, I'm sort of playing in a different role, but um, and as a team, I think against Stoke we got a draw, and it's a great draw away from home because they're a very good side. But we didn't play. Um, I still think there's so much we can, so much more we can give, and that's that's a good thing. I say that as a positive because we we've gone 11 games unbeaten, we've done what we've done, we've put ourselves in a chance, and I think once we start getting that bit of confidence in playing wise, and we're going through a transition because we're doing a lot of work on the training pitch, we're getting fitter as a team, and it's hard work, and um, we, they want us to play in a different way, they want us to be fitter, and we're doing that, and mm. I think you'll see the team evolve more and more the longer it stays together, and the longer longer the gaffers here and 
uh, he implements what his style of play and what he wants to do. How different is it from the last couple of managers, what you're doing and what you're focusing on in training and what he's working um, out yet? It's not massively different. I wouldn't, well, I didn't plan to you, so I'm not going to speak about that, but Carlos was a lot more tactical mm. um, and it was less, less work on a training pitch. Um, Even less hard, as well. Yeah, less hard work, really. Mm. Um, it was more relaxed training because there were so many games, but obviously coming in in February like the gaffers, he wants to make an impression, so... Everyone's been at it in training. The training's been like quite hard, and we've, it's short, short amount of time, but um, quite intense, which, which is good. Gets your fitness up, and mm. that's it. Really, we work a little bit tactically on a Friday, like every club does. And you said before that you still think there's like more to come from you, and, and you've touched on it a little bit in the past. But I mean, how much has your role changed? Um, well, completely, really, because normally I was that holding midfielder, and I would, I would fill in positions of other people. Whereas now I'm. We're playing two and we're pressing and I'm further up the pitch and I've, I've almost got a licence to get in a box. Like Sheffield when I should have scored, I should have, um, it would have been a nice moment. But yeah, it's, it's just changing again because I've, I just got used to playing in midfield yeah. and then it's changing again. But you learn and you adapt and I'm enjoying it. But I just need to, because uh, I've missed so much of the season, it's difficult to come into a season. Even though I, I feel fresh, I just think there's more levels for me. I'm, I'm still not happy the way I'm playing. If I'm honest, did Just you like opinion. it though? I mean, again, yeah, I like playing football. It doesn't matter. No, yeah, I, 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 yeah, 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 I, I like it. it was sort of the shackles have been taken off a little bit, so I could do a little bit more. But um, once I get. I don't know, it's just, there's something not clicking at the moment and I know it's going to click, it's just when it clicks. Certain games have done, mm-hmm. I've done, I've done well I think, but I think I could, I could do more. Whether the, like the team, whether you manage top six or not this season, it, for you to really kick on as a team, as the midfield got to start sort of maybe chipping in with more goals, do you think, in the long run to maybe take some of the heat off the strong? I don't know, it depends really, because you look at the teams that... Um, Steve Bruce has had before. You take Hull, for instance. He played Livermore and, and Huddleston. Huddleston. And they're not prolific midfield goal scorers, but they, they'd done the job and you had the army and he obviously got in with a few goals. So as long as the, the four up top, the wingers and the number 10 and the thing is, whoever scores, it doesn't really matter. Dom scored three, so he's been prolific since he's been yeah. in. So as long as the goals go in, I don't think there's any, oh, you have to have a goal scoring midfielder. It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. People are going to look at that, but... If, if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen we've won games without us scoring so mm. it can happen either way well that's it I mean your defensive yeah. record yeah, well, yeah exactly been since we've been back in with, with Westy and everything we've always get, kept clean sheets because we to be fair to all the lads no matter what our attitude is always right we always like Stoke the game was hor- wasn't great on our I was going to say horrific it wasn't <laughs> horrific but it wasn't great on our behalf with the ball but we didn't stop running until the last the last minute of the game and we got a nil nil draw out of it and three points off the top six. How big are these next two home games coming up? Well, massive because if we if we lose to Villa, then we're out of it. Really, do you think that is easy? Yeah, yeah. me personally. Yeah, obviously there's still a chance. Mathematically, there's a chance, but we're playing against them. And to have that confidence, you go and beat them, and then you think you can beat anyone because they're the informed team in the championship, in my opinion. So. They've won five in a row. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a big crowd at Hills. Yeah. Like, how much are you looking forward to? Yeah, I can't wait. Obviously, Steve Bruce's old team. Um, JT's there, who I know, and there's a couple of other people that I play that I played with. Um, so Aston Villa is a massive club. No matter what league they're in, they've they've got great fan base as as do we. So it's always a good game when they come to Hillsborough. Do you think the manager is expecting uh, a reception from from the Villa faithful? Yeah, probably. It's it's always it's always that way. You get a bit banned, a bit of stick, but. Um, I'm sure we'd do the utmost to try and yeah. try, try and quieten them down. As I say, they'd be desperate to win it um, with how it ended it, though, um, having taken that close last season now within one game yeah. and get promotion. I, I don't just think that. I just think he's here now, so this is his... Not it could be anyone. We just need to win this game. Yeah. It's an important game. With the teams, I mean, this is probably the toughest running anyone could have had. Yeah. yeah. So if you do it, you deserve to be yeah. here, won't you? Yeah, and, but at the end of the day, everyone's had to play their teams and... It throughout the season ours is just mixed up in this short amount of time so you have to beat those teams like when we get into the playoffs we're going to have to beat the teams if we want to go up so it's, it's one of those things so just see if we're ready and spirits must be just so high with like confidence with how and that's the thing like this is an, an added bonus because no one thought that we'd even be in the mix so if we get there great but if, if we don't we've got something to build on for next season and that's it And so worst case scenario if you don't 
what sort of shape do you think now with the way you're finishing this season you're going to be going into well, next I think, season I think there's, great, there's like really good really good shape obviously you've got people coming back from injury mm. like that haven't played for a while um, people starting afresh the next season hopefully new players in uh, the old players some old players sign in hopefully get them get them up and you start again in the season and you go from the off with a manager that is ready to go in the championship and knows the championship really well and that will get us well drilled, fit and ready to go. As the manager, has he already given you an idea, a little inkling of what to expect in pre-season and what you're <laughs> thinking it's going to be like? He said something to me the other day about it's going to be hard or something like that, just messing about, just in jest, but um, I'm expecting a hard pre-season like it should be. Yeah. For you as well, I mean, what has he done just in the short term and time he's been here for, for you and what he's expecting and wanting from you out on the pitch and just how he found working with it yeah uh, well the thing is he's played me so yeah. obviously I'm going to I'm going to say I love I love working for him because I'm <laughs> playing um, but no he just wants mm. he wants everyone on the front foot he wants everyone to press uh, like I said he wants us to play but I don't think we've played that much recently because it's a process. We're we're doing we're doing one thing at a time, and it, it needs to come because we're good enough to do it. But yeah. we're 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 learning to press and to play, and it's it's a it's a longer process. But we should be playing a lot more than we are. And but with his experience and what he has done as a player manager as well, and the way that you've gone about your business over the last few months, and next year you've got every reason to be optimistic. It, yeah. it could be a good season if you don't quite make it this year. Yeah, the thing is, everyone's always optimistic at this club because it's a massive club. Do you know what I mean? And the fans are always going to say that we should get promoted. And with the squad we have, we should be right up there. And I think you see, if we if we had this form the whole season, we would be right up there because we have got good players. No matter what, even if we have a bad day, there's not many teams that should really beat us in this league. Yeah. So do you think, if regardless of if you don't make it this year, do you think is the aim got to be again top six? It has to be. Every season it has to be. Yeah. Because why else would the chairman have put all that money in and made the signings he's done? Why else would he pay the wages he pays us? And why else would all the fans come every every week? <laughs> because <laughs> if we're going for mid-table, none of us want that. Every, you wouldn't have seen the effort that people put in day in, day out, the whole season, may I add. Yeah. Not just from when Bully took charge and done really well and the, the new gaffers come in. Um, the effort that's from all of the last whole season been impeccable in tough situations. There is uh, there is plenty more in that interview, isn't it, that's coming in the in the next few weeks? Yes, I, I absolutely. I I just like that with Sam, you know, what you see is what you get and there's yeah. no holding back and he is not one of these guys who will give you uh, cliches or you know think you know all the trodden platitudes and statements that you know some footballs will give you and uh, you know, I, I asked Sam straight up you know how, how big is the Aston Villa match and what does he re- respond with uh, yeah if we lose it's all over yeah. uh, and, and you just it it's just that around, brutal honesty and the, uh, it's just he is saying it as it is and uh, he's a realist and everything he's gone through you know, he's just an incredible story that yeah. that is what he is and he is an inspiration to just so many people there was one bit in the interview where I was like, no, Sam. Uh, and that's the bit where he says, well, I wasn't playing under Yoss. So I don't want to talk about that. And I'm going, no, talk about it. Talk about it. This is going to be brilliant. Uh, but uh, he wouldn't he wouldn't be drawn on that, would he? Uh, right. So we'll um, we'll hear more from uh, from Hutch in the next few uh, next few weeks. Um, let's talk about this week first. We've already referenced just how big a week it is. Uh, it is probably deserving of the massive title this week. Um, so a dozen unbeaten now for Wednesday. We're going for the lucky 13. Aston Villa at Hillsborough on um, Saturday. First of all, I mean, in terms of team selection, there's a lot of options. There are more than uh, there has been for some weeks. And uh, you up front is the one where Steve Bruce is actually spoiled for choice. Yeah. Uh, you've got Stephen Fletcher, who will be fit and available. Brilliant. Big boost. I think here comes straight back in. And it's then who you play alongside him, isn't it? You've got Fernando Forestieri, Gary Hooper, Lucas Schwau's back. Uh, yeah, he's come through the week of training unscathed. Uh, Atty knew you, Sam Winnell. So there's six strikers vying for two spots. And uh, it's it's a lovely sort of uh, selection de- dilemma that Steve Bruce will be relishing. And uh, I just have a sneaky feeling that he's going to go for uh, your favourite partnership up front. Uh, Fletcher and Winnell. 
I was actually going to say Fletcher and Hooper. Fletcher and Hooper. It was only because of reference Fletcher and um, did, yeah. went all the other week. Uh, yeah, well, Fletch, Fletcher and Hooper is kind of what I thought that he might go for because we've when we've seen them play together in the past, it's been you know like you know, it, it could be brilliant. We we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, so yeah, that's good. So um, you've got um, you've got Xiao back in the mix uh, on the bench. On I the think bench. Uh, right. Rolando Aaron's is the big doubt. I okay. I, I don't think he's going to figure, and who knows. How how much of a part he's going to play over the next three games? Right. That that That's ankle, I know that ankle injury has um, been bugging him for the last couple of weeks, and so uh, you know he's one that you know if you if you play him and he breaks down, then yeah. that is the end of his season. It's, so it's it's, a, it's the tricky balancing act that Steve Bruce has got. What what th- this is um, this bugs me a little, right? Thinking ahead here to to tomorrow, that if we've just said the six strikers that are potentially fit there uh but Aaron's is out Matthias seems to be out of favor um I know he doesn't like doing this it's surely logical to play Hooper and Fletcher and play Forestieri wide I know he doesn't like doing it than playing flipping George Boyd surely that that is when you, you need to win a game your yeah. own rule sometimes yeah. well who knows he could possibly do it I wouldn't rule it out but I just remember explicitly what Steve Bruce said after his very first match in charge. When I asked, when I asked him about Fernando Forestieri, yeah, I remember it. I remember and, it yeah. and him, you know, what, where do you put? Where's the best position for Fernando Forestieri? He feels, and it's centrally. But we know that, of course, under Carlos Carvalho, some yeah, of yeah. Fernando Forestieri's best games in a Wednesday Which shirt were from the left. Uh, and but actually thinking about it. I, I can't recall too many times where Forestieri was, say, on the left, and then you had Hooper and Fletcher and up front. Fletcher. I don't think, as a three, they have actually played that much together, which is uh, another telltale sign of the amount of injury problems that Wednesday, of course, have had over yeah. the last couple of years. But I hear what you're saying. Desperate times call for desperate measures, and when Wednesday need a win to uh, really keep the season alive, uh, do you just go at it? And judging by his team selection last week, I wouldn't put it past Steve Bruce to... Uh, go against his uh, yeah, yeah. his thinking of Forestieri shouldn't play on the left, or that's not where uh, I feel he is going to be playing for us in the long term. Maybe on this occasion he might roll the dice. We'll have to see. Um, Villa in pretty good form. Um, doing the double of a Villa, particularly at this stage of the season, um, would be pretty huge. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they're the form team of the league and they've won five in a row. I nearly choked on my drink when you say they're pretty good, pretty good form. Was it, yeah, thinking, five, five in yeah, a row. It's not bad, is it? It's no, not bad. it's not bad, is it? <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty tasty, isn't it? And uh, you just look at their team and, and they are, uh, if not star-studded at this level, they're certainly packed full of quality. And yeah. uh, Jack Grealish, you know, Steve Bruce was labelling today, you know, easily the best player in the division. And I think a lot of people would go along with him on that front and yeah. he, he's been given the captaincy at Villa and uh, he's been the catalyst for this upturn in form and you've got Tammy Abraham who's banged the goals in and you've got good midfielders around Jack Grealish uh, that give him the licence to make Villa tick in Gwen Wewan who we know very well and uh, yeah. Connor Hurran who gives them that creativity from deep and uh, defensively they have got better but Dean Smith's teams generally they will always give you a chance they are attack minded and they like to play on the front foot and, and Villa they play 4-3-3 and uh, I just all I see is Goals and entertainment tomorrow. Guaranteed nil-nil now you've said Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, plenty of memories of uh, Wednesday playing uh, Villa. I think back to the first day of the season after they came down from the Premier League season before last in the sunshine. Fessy, late winner, looking like he wasn't celebrating in the way that he normally would do. And then obviously all everything that unfolded after that. But 20 odd years before that, first day of the 91-92 season. Uh, well, I mean, first before that, in, the, in that summer. So Wednesday had just got promoted back to the top flight. Big Ron quits to go to Villa, then changes his mind to stay at Wednesday, then quits again to go to Villa. And, of course, the fixture computer gives us Villa on the first day of the season. Wednesday go 2-0 up. The rest is history. We lost 3-2. Wednesday did go on to finish uh, third in the league and qualified for Europe. And I think Ron Atkinson didn't last very long and and got sacked by um, Aston Villa. Um, Right, some fun facts here. So, 
Do you know who the last Villa manager was who got a higher win percentage than Steve Bruce? Martin O'Neill. Uh, it was Graham Taylor, oh. 87 to 90, who left the job to manage England. So Steve Bruce had a 45.1% win rate, 45.77 for uh, for Graham Taylor. Uh, before that, by the way, there's only two other managers who've got a higher win percentage um, than Steve Bruce, and they were their first two managers, George Ramsey, who was 1884 uh, that he took the job, and uh, W.J. W. Smith, who was 1936. Um, on the other side of this, Steve Bruce at Wednesday has a 45.5% win percentage now. Who was the last manager at Wednesday to have a higher win percentage than that? Carlos Carvalho's was not as high as that. Nope. Um, I don't Harry, know. Not Harry Catterick, was it? It wasn't, although he does have a high win percentage, 55.8% win percentage for Harry Catterick. But I it wasn't there's him. someone in between. Isn't it there? is, yeah. And I can't remember. It's Vic Buckingham of course in the 60s, uh, 47%. So in, certainly in kind of modern uh, modern times, Steve Bruce, quite a bit actually ahead of... Um, I think Gary Megson's not far behind, but um, yeah, certainly. Um, so uh, coming up then on Tuesday, we've got um, Forrest. It's kind of hard to talk about it because you feel like there's going to be so much happens in the Villa game that will affect ultimately the Forest game other than just to say it is a big 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 game it really is yeah yeah it is absolutely um, memories of um, Forest. Uh, my first Wednesday game was against Forest at home yeah it's a story I've told a couple of times um, it was the summer of 1990 last game of the season uh, gorgeous beaming sunshine and um, Sheffield Wednesday who'd been kind of like it not been a brilliant season but it needed this incredible kind of set of results for them to get relegated long story short they lost 3-0 at home to Forest got relegated I thought it was flipping brilliant I loved it my first ever football game um, didn't really understand what was uh, what was going on that was kind of the start of my um, addiction in more recent times got to remember that Kieran Lee last minute winner a couple of years ago, that wasn't it that against um, against Forest when um, it was the the same season he got the last minute winner against Bristol City. Did the same thing against Forest and scored. Was that uh, the three one game? I think it was, wasn't it? He scored a really good goal. I think. I think it was two one. I think. I think we've been. I think we've been one nil down, um, and we. I think Kieran Lee scored them both. I think he scored two fairly late goals, and we uh, we won the game. You don't remember it here. I might be uh, no, no, I'm going to check I, it I, now. <laughs> I'm making you doubt yourself right, now. I'm going to check this and make sure it's true. While I do that, let's hear from the beast. Here is Michael Hector. How much is the manager looking forward to you know, coming up against his uh, former club for the first time? Has he said much this week? Uh, not to be fair, he hasn't. He hasn't really um, spoke about them. Obviously, we know they're a good team, but um, yeah, I, I tend to. The managers don't seem to um, say too much about their former clubs. They, they always try and. Be respectful, and that's how he's been so far. The manager was in here before. He thinks that you may have to win every single game. Do you, do you think that you might have to win all seven? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough ask, but you know, uh, obviously, with the championship, everyone has to play everyone. So there's going to be drop points from all the teams above us anyway. So um, yeah, if obviously if we win all seven, we know we're going to be in the playoffs. So, but yeah, it's going to be. I don't know, probably five, I think. We're going to have to definitely win to, to be up there and hope results go away, I think. How much confidence does it give you that you've been very strong at home over the last three to four months? Yeah, no, the fans have been have been excellent at home and um, our performances have been a lot better. Like we've scored a lot of goals and um, you know, it gives us confidence to, to go out and, and, and get a result. What, what do you put it down to, that improved home form? I just think confidence. I think if a team's confident at home, anything can happen. Even Stoke on, on Saturday, they were they were confident side. Looking through the season, they were they were struggling, and just with a bit of confidence, they look a completely different side. Yeah, and you had Gary Hooper back last week. Um, how important could he be for you? In these I mean, he's, a, he's a proven striker at a high level in the championship, and um, yeah, no. Just him being around the boys, he's, he's given everyone a bit of a buzz, and um, yeah, you can see his quality in training every day. And yeah, obviously, he just needs a bit more, obviously, map minutes on, under his belt to be a bit more sharper. And yeah, you know, it, it will come. And obviously, at this running as well, this very important running is, is a big, big help to the squad. What was he like as a character? What was he like out there? He, he's laid back. He's, he's a cool guy, but he's but he's just a very um, 
you can see the class on the pitch. Him, people like Fletcher and that, you can see they've played at a high level and the way they train, they, um, yeah, they demand that when he gets a chance, he normally puts in the back of the net in training. So you, it helps you as a defender to be sharp and stuff like that. So it's, it's, a, yeah, it's good. How would you uh, sort the challenge of facing Aston Villa tomorrow? Yeah, well, it's going to be tough. They're the, one of the informed teams in the league. Yeah, they've been scoring a lot of goals. They've been playing well against some good teams, and yeah, it's going to be tough. But it's the championship. Every game's tough, no matter who you play in the league. So yeah, I'm looking for, looking forward to it. At the manager, obviously, it's a key difference. But Sheffield Wednesday beat Aston Villa in their own backyard. Do you do you see any differences with the current team that's there now? Uh, but maybe it's a bit. Bit more confident than when we when we played them last. I remember that they were they were a bit low in confidence, and um, yeah, now they're they're flying at the moment. And yeah, it's going to be a tough tough ask. Was that one of the uh, the marker days of the season? I mean, clearly no one knew what was going to happen with the team here at Sheffield Wednesday after that day. But yeah. what an occasion that was! But yeah, no, it was my first uh, start for the club as well. So it was yeah, it was it was good good day, and yeah, it was, it was a tough game. But obviously, the, remember the goal. That um, Aston squad was yeah, special, and yeah, it's one of those games, a, a good championship game. So this time around, both of you still have a, a great chance of getting into the uh, the end of season playoffs. Uh, one of many. How do you view this particular period? Yeah, this is obviously a very important period of, um, of the season, and yeah, this obviously this this week kind of defines where we're going to be if we're going to be pushing for a. a a sniff for a playoff because it's still a sniff. We still depend on a lot of teams, and um, it's kind of out of our hands. But all we can do is just try and um, keep the pressure on them. That's all we can do, really. And, the, and one of the key uh, factors of that has been the recent clean sheet record. Clearly, it's always all about the whole team. But from a back force perspective, yeah. how how proud are you of that part one and part two? What's kind of changed because the personnel is the same. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a good uh, feat that we've done the clean sheets in recent times, and uh, I just think it's just uh, playing the same uh, back four, and just yeah, I think before we were making a lot of changes, but we was conceding a lot of goals as well, so it was hard to keep uh, um, the same team. But um, at the moment, we're playing well, and obviously the, the team stayed the same. We kind of know our strengths and weaknesses a lot better now, and yeah, in the champ, I think most of the teams that keep more clean sheets or on the defensive records better, they're probably the same uh, five players at the, at the back for most of the season and um, yeah I think everyone knows their roles in the, in the, in the team now especially the whole, in the whole team and yeah it's benefited us with our, with our defensive record now, it's, it's a lot better than, than before. And uh, just finally the last time that we spoke in here you, you said that when you make a long move the, the intention is always to try and stick around for, for a long time, but has anything been said about the future and beyond the contracts for the summer? Uh, nothing, nothing of yet. We're just obviously focusing on the, um, it's a busy period of the, the season now and we're just focusing on um, each game as it comes and then once the season finishes we'll, we'll obviously talk and see what happens. Good to hear from uh, Michael Hector. No one asked him what was going on with his hair, which I still think is the biggest question that we should be asking him. Uh, right, on to Alpinions. Every week we're asked for your views on something Sheffield Wednesday. Could be anything, current, past, Maybe something completely random. Uh, last week, I went a bit dark and asked uh, for your worst Wednesday signing. Um, you uh, Subsequently, Dom, on, on Twitter, you mentioned Daryl Lackman. Oh, no, uh, I don't who know also how I got a vote from um, Dandy. I would point out the fact that he gave us that photo and that's all that we need. Um, so who do you think came out on top? Who got the, the most, I say on top, You know, who, who got the most votes for being the worst Sheffield Wednesday signing? Oh, tell me. Now put it me out was, of misery. It was Franny Jeffers. Uh, quite a few people going for him. I've not got time to mention all the the names of everyone, but thank you for everyone that um, that did get in touch. Alman Abdi, uh, the second most number of votes, uh, and in third place, it, it's almost funny. This Irby Emanuelson. What was going on there? Just bizarre. Um, Honourable mentions, um, swapping Sam Winnall for Jacob Butterfield. That got a few mentions. Kim Olsen, John Bezwetherick, Ola Tidman, Jay Bothroyd, uh, Stevie May, all getting multiple votes. Um, From the the other list, some real, like, just people you forgot existed. Rodri, Gary Taylor-Fletcher, John Bostock. Oh, he was bad. Um, Darren Purse... Darren Potter, Sergio Bush getting a mention as well. Um, so this week's Alpinions, we're coming over to you. 
Simple as this. Do you think that Kieran Westwood should be offered a new Wednesday contract? Ah, well, uh, interesting time to do it after that save against Stoke. I this is surely this is going to be a landslide, isn't it? You would think so, wouldn't I you? It's really? kind of hard to. The only justification for not is just purely, surely a financial thing for to not do it, right? So we'll do it as a we'll do it as a poll then. Westwood. New deal or uh, or not. Uh, join in the conversation as well if you want to have your say with the hashtag Alpinions. We'll give you our Twitter details in a minute. Tell us what you think. We'll mention some of your thoughts next Friday. And as ever, we'll set a new Alpinions for your input. Before we go, um, you're on holiday again next week. I uh, am Who signed afraid. this off? This doesn't I, seem right. I don't, I, not only that, I am missing Nottingham Forest and Leeds United as well. So right. it couldn't have come at a worse time of the season. So uh, I'm fortunately going to South Wales. Right. Oh, so. sorry about that. Um, so um, Nancy will be off to see um, Steve Bruce for us next week. Uh, your standard on the show next week is someone who follows Wednesday home and away. But as far as I know, and I'm pretty certain about this, has never appeared on a Wednesday podcast. He is, however the driving force behind an absolute Sheffield Wednesday institution. That's all I'm going to give you. You'll have to tune in next week to find out who that is. Uh, that's just about it. Thank you for joining us. You can catch Dom on Twitter at Domhausen. I'm on Twitter at James Marriott. Or you can contact the show at Dom and James. As ever, please let us have your feedback on the show. We appreciate your reviews. And please subscribe to us in your podcast app of choice to make sure that you get the new episode of Singing the Blues every week. Up the owls, and we'll see you next Friday.